Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No we did it. I still can't believe we got this project done so fast and so well. When I'm in New York. I'm in Chicago. And I'm in L.A. But... We're making it happen in Miro. Together. Our best work just happens faster on Miro's collaborative online whiteboard. No more scheduling meeting after meeting for work that could happen from anywhere. Whether it's getting design feedback here, mapping timelines here, or brainstorming next steps here. It all just happens on the Miro board. Exactly. And it's nice not having to wait an entire day to get sign-off from this guy. Hey! Well, it is true. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com. The first three boards are free forever. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast, a podcast celebrating the test team being announced to go to Australia. By the way, England are going to Australia to play the Ashes. I'm Rob, this is Rich. Welcome to the podcast. Hey Rob, how's it going? We're good, mate. We're excited. It mm-hmm. is almost Ashes season and it's it's the pinnacle, right? You know, you know you've, you've got these amazing series around the world, but it still does mean just a little bit more playing against the Aussies, right? Oh, big time. Yeah, it, it, it is the big one, the old enemy, whatever you want to call it. But it's the one we all build up to. It's the one we always look ahead towards, isn't it? And especially the down under one, the winter one. It's getting miserable over here. Um, so it's so nice to be up in the middle of the night, wrapped in your blanket, watching some cricket in Australia. Um, obviously, nobody from England is going to be over in Australia watching it this year. So that's the only way all of us are going to watch it. It is, oh, mate. I, I can't even get over and I live next door. So <laughs> next door, <laughs> there's no nice. chance. Yeah, so but at least we have cricket, Rob. At least we have cricket. Obviously, big thing, wasn't it? The negotiation between the ECB and Cricket Australia is still subject to several critical conditions, whatever that might mean. Uh, but I suppose you know, those, apparently those conditions relate to concessions being made to allow players' families to travel. So as long as all that is followed th- uh, through with, we've got cricket. We've got cricket to look forward to. And it's not like we haven't really, is it? Because we've got the T20 World Cup coming up. 
Um, even if there's no ashes, we've still got the big bash to, to look forward to. So there's plenty of cricket on the horizon, but still, this is what we want. We want the ashes. Red Bull, red cricket Ooh, in Australia. Yeah. Oh, yes. it, yeah. it, it's just it's it's just amazing. And I'm super excited yeah. for it. We get a three-week stand down over here in like technology companies in New Zealand. So mm. you can go to the beach and you can watch the ashes on the beach on your phone. It's, it's a pretty good life. Yeah, all right. We're not gonna we're not gonna talk about that any longer. So um <laughs> it's just not fair. Anyway, Joe Root, he's been key instrumental in this yeah. obviously there was a lot of negotiation people like Josh Butler and others that got young families there was a little bit of concern a little bit of worry obviously about how uh, they can accommodate families etc for traveling so Joe Root according to Chris Silverwood the players are behind him they'll yeah. follow him and so will I Chris Silverwood says and my staff so that's huge I think this is a massive massive start to the series this is a squad with no dropouts mm. uh, whatever our thoughts of the squad everybody that they want is in the squad nobody's staying at home um, as Silverwood's gone on to say, I think we've got a, got a good place before what should be a very competitive series, obviously. Um, two all, wasn't it, last time? Australia hold the ashes, so it's about time England uh, got the hands on the little urn again. Um, but I think it's a really, really big start. Forget about Tim Payne, his verbal diarrhea, can't stop talking about you know England, whether they're coming over or whether they're not. The man's not got a good sense of humour, has he? <laughs> Let's put it no, he's, he's, he's not. He's also got the same amount of test hundreds as us, mate. So he's absolutely <laughs> he's no better yeah. than us. You're not better than me. He was nibbling back at the Barmy Army, wasn't he? And then he making was. out that they they were oh come on, mate. Just no sense of humour, Tim. They had him, they had him, they had him good and proper. Exactly. So already Joe Root, I think they, I think in the mind games in the build-up, we're already one up. He's got yep. all his squad he wants. He's absolutely running this show. He's the man. He's the gaffer, isn't he? Um, yep. Silverwood might be picking the squads, etc. But Joe Root is definitely getting what he wants in this squad. And it's a very, very predictable, let's get on to the squad, very predictable. For want of a better term, a little bit boring. Yeah. Very safe. Yep. Uh, and I don't know. It doesn't really excite me. However, it's really, really key before we start talking about the squad to say that there will be... Obviously, Root's leading the test squad, 17-man squad that was announced. But we've also got a separate England Lions party, which will be announced next week. Uh, that's going to offer a pool of reserves in the event of injury, etc., during the two months of the tour. But it will also serve as warm-up opposition during the build-up period on the tour. Now, both squads will arrive in Australia on the 4th of November, while T20 World Cup players, uh, they'll join after the tournament um, commitments end, which comes to an end on 14th of November. Hopefully, they won't be in Australia before that date, because if they are, <laughs> it means England have not had the tournament they wanted. Because uh, obviously 14th November is the final of the, of, the, of the T20 World Cup being played in Dubai. So the squad, Rob, the mm. squad. Initial thoughts before I rattle through the names. What was your, when you first read it, I was a bit like, uh, just like a little bit of dejection. I wanted to see a little bit of excitement. I wanted to see a couple of names that weren't in there. What was your initial yeah. thoughts? Um, the word you used was safe, and I think that's a very mm. good word to use across it. Also, predictable. They've picked pretty much 17 guys that have played test cricket for them over the last couple of years. And the whole purpose of when you get to the Ashes is to know what your squad is. And yeah. if England were a great team, you'd go, that's the best 17 players in the country going to play, mm. minus... Stokes, Archer, Stone, people like that that are out injured yeah. or, or through other reasons. But the team that they've taken is the safest, uh, most complete test match team they could take. Mm. And that's not always a positive. I would have liked to see something a little bit spicy thrown into the mixer, which is hard yeah. to do. But they've gone with the guys they've given opportunities for and they've said, 
you've done okay. Now you can, now you can go do this. They don't want to blood someone new in an Ashes tour down under is the take I've taken from it. They're just not. They don't want to put someone in that yeah. environment. No, exactly, and that's it. Every you know they didn't want to give any debuts over here, did they? But you know I look at this squad, and there are players that have struggled to form who are now the reserves. So that doesn't really put pressure, does it, on the players that are in the, holding the positions? So maybe with this Lions squad, when it gets announced, we'll see who is going to be in there. But you would imagine there's going to be some of those young, talented players that, that you know did excited that we would have liked to see one or two names in. So you may well end up with a debutant in this Ashes series, depending mm. on COVID and all the rest of it. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sure everyone's seen the squad. But for those that haven't, let's get through it anyway. So Joe Root, obviously, is a captain. Jimmy Anderson, Jonathan Bairstow. Love it to call him Jonathan uh, on this side. <laughs> Uh, Dom Bess, Yorkshire, Stuart Broad is back in. He's fit again, or he will be soon. Rory Burns, sorry, Josh Butler, Lancashire wicketkeeper. He's uh, vice-captain as well. Zach Crawley gets himself back in the squad. Hasib Hamid keeps his place. Dan Lawrence of Essex, Jack Leach, Somerset, David Milan, Yorkshire again. Craig Overton, Somerset, Ollie Pope, sorry, Ollie Robinson of Sussex, Chris Wokes of Warwickshire, and Mark Wood of Durham. Before we get into any of that, I just want to just also just quickly mention that we got the central contracts mentioned recently. Now, all of those blokes have got central contracts. Um, most of them are full central contracts. There's an incremental contract, which includes uh, Don Bess. Um, Overton is on a pace contract. But the only man in this travelling party that doesn't have any central contract whatsoever is Hasib Hamid. Yes, he's only played a few test matches recently, but that's a strange one. Um, yes. So that's something just to be wary of, and I'm not sure he will be overly enamoured by that. But then there's not a lot of opening cover in this squad. So again... Let, wherever you want to jump in on this squad, Rob, let's go. Um, I think I think we start from the top and let's pick apart the batters and, yep. and see what we think. When, when I look through the batters, there's a couple of things that slightly concern me. And mm -hmm. that's and sometimes it's not a bad thing. They've not played in Australia. They've not yeah. played Ashes cricket in Australia. Joe Root has a couple of series, 2013 to 2018, nine test matches thrown in. David Milan has toured and got some runs, average 42 last time. And Johnny Bairstow's played over there, averages 27. But that's it. So if you look at the top six, you've got Burns, Hamid, Ollie Pope, Joss Butler, four of your top six haven't played Test Match cricket in Australia. And sometimes that's not a bad thing mentally because you've not got the scars and, and things like that mm. that, that have gone on. You've not been rolled and uh, mentally and verbally abused for six weeks. Mm -hmm. But it does give me a slight concern um, that they're going into something fresh, something new, and you're really having to test yourself in new conditions for them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's with those backups as well, isn't it? When you look at Crawley and Lawrence being the backups, there's not much experience there. There's not really a massive weight of runs at international level. Yeah. So where is the pressure on the incumbents? You know, what if, what if Milan doesn't hit the ground running? What if one of the openers doesn't uh, play particularly well? What if there's an injury to one of those guys? Who's opening? Is Zach Crawley the backup opener? Um, or are we looking for a solution with the Lions if there's an opener issue or a number, you know, if there's number three, obviously Crawley's probably there, but it just worries me a little bit. Dan Lawrence, I wonder if, if he might see the field. If there's, a, if there's a, a field out there that doesn't want to take spin and we'll get on to Don Bess and how important I think his inclusion is and how important he will be to this team. Yeah. Um, if there's a team that doesn't warrant a, a frontline spinner, I think Dan Lawrence could get a game and it could be a spin attack of someone like Lawrence and Root with maybe Milan chucking a couple of mm. Yeah, um, and then you can afford to have that extra batsman. But like I said, we'll get on to Bess because I think he will be the linchpin 
in, in a bizarre, I cannot believe I'm having to say this, but it does feel like Don Bess is going to be a really key member of this 11. I don't see how this England team is picked without him and Woke being in there because yeah. that is where the balance is going to come. Obviously, Ben Stokes, we've had great news recently for Ben Stokes. He's had his second surgery on a finger. We, we saw a picture, I think, on Instagram today. It's the first time he's been able to put his hand and grip the cricket bat nice. um, in, month, in absolutely months since he broke his fingers. That's great news. He's still missing because of personal issues. But there is a chance, there's an outside chance we might see him later on, and we'll get to that uh, towards the end of this podcast. Um, who knows? So that's, that's the thing to leave that with. Um, you could you could write this nine that was selected from the batters before yeah. the squad oh, was yeah. announced, right? They've all played cricket since the last Ashes series. They've all played cricket, and they've all played yeah. minus Ollie Pope and Hamid. They've played at least eight Test matches, mm. but they all and it's again. It's, I don't want to go on the England batting negative train because 2021 is mm. the worst year of a team England batting top seven that we've had since mm. the year 2000. It's pretty average. It's pretty average. It's Devin Lyon averages 35 since the last Ashes series. Rory Burns cementing himself at the top of the order averages 34. Hamid averages 28, but has come back in, done well against uh, India, so might start progressing. Ollie Pope averages 33. Bairstow averages 22 since the last Ashes series. So if you're batting Joss Butler at six, there's no way you can go and put Johnny Bairstow at six as the light-for-light replacement wicketkeeper for me. It's. I, I think the biggest issue that England are going to have is this is this initial lineup. We'll get onto the bowlers etc. in a minute, and the rest of the squad go through it. But if you if you say it's Burns, Hamid, Milan, Root, Pope, I think that's our five, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think that's what we'd want to see. Pope hopefully will be able to to channel his inner Ian Bell, uh, which is probably the biggest comparison we can ever give to any player at the moment with the way he plays. That's your five. It's what you do with six, seven, eight, and if Butler yeah. plays at six, you've then got a combination of Bess and Wokes. Yeah, at seven and eight. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's bad enough. No disrespect, but if Joss Butler plays the way Joss Butler has been playing and doesn't play like Joss Butler, the world beating white ball specialist, then it is a concerning middle order. It's basically mm-hmm. you've got to, you go up to five, and even even Ollie Pope, he's not established himself as a Test bench cricketer yet. Yeah. So it's a really, really, you know, this is not just a squad issue. This is a this is a first eleven issue. Moeen yeah. Ali obviously has retired recently. It's worth just reminding ourselves of that. Sam Curran has had a lower back injury. He's having to miss this series. He's having to pull out the Big Bash and the T20 World Cup and the IPL. So he's missing a lot of cricket this winter because of that injury issue. There just isn't anyone else. I did generally, just two things really. One, Dom Sibley, I'm shocked they didn't put him in this squad. With the way yeah. they've built this squad and the, the makeup of it, it's a shock to me that he's not been picked. And I'm not saying he should have been picked. I, I, you know, I joke about him, but it does genuinely surprise me that they've not put him in this squad. Um I, it's just I, I wonder I, I don't know it's just it's just such a bizarre sort of makeup the other thing that I don't really understand is that there isn't another player in this middle order that can be your all-rounder um, now I'm not saying you know I spoke briefly about Matt Critchley for example I think he's a really talented player I'd love to see him on the Lions squad he gives you that top six ability with the bat and he gives you a not quite a frontline spinner but yeah way closer to being a frontline spinner than a Dan Lawrence or somebody else way closer um, Jack Leach talking about him just for a minute while we're talking about spinners I can't see him get much game time in this series I I think because of Stokes not being there because of Moe Nally not being there mate you just it's it's all about balance if you had a, a yeah. world class top six mm. um, with everyone averaging 40 and yeah. 
it's a completely different conversation. But England teams without a genuine all-rounder really affects the balance of the team. You've got Wokes, who I'd probably say is a genuine all-rounder, but he's not a Ben Stokes all-rounder. But no. there's not many of them floating around world cricket. And But it's, it, I think it's the, the spin. The Moeen Ali omission yeah. is really hitting us hard because you've got Bess, who isn't an international spinner yet, um, struggled, been treated pretty poorly in the India series yeah. as well by Last management. Winter. And then you've yeah. got Jack Leach, who is probably the best red ball spinner in the country, can't get a game because mm. he's a one, one-way player. He does one thing for the team. Yeah. And, and England, even when they've got Ben Stokes, really struggle to crowbar him into a, a situation. But mm. Jack Leach is an absolutely phenomenal cricketer for England. Averages 34 with the ball, 30 wickets since the last um, Ashes series. Don Bess has got more wickets, though, since the last Ashes series. Let yeah. that sink in. And he's averaging about 34 as well with the ball. I mean, he's averaging yeah. about 22 with the bat, so I wouldn't call him an all-rounder either. Um, the England setup seem to like him with the bat, don't they? But yeah, uh, but yeah Jack Leach can look to the the, 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 the the batters, basically. The batters not contributing as they should do. Like you said, if we had a top six averaging 40-odd, we wouldn't worry so much about seven, eight, nine, and 10. Leach can be in there. Leach can hold a bat. He's not an absolute idiot with a bat. So, you know, it's a bit of a shame, really, that we can't find a way to get him in. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. Talking to spinners, was there any other spinners that you thought potentially um, you would be seeing in this squad? I mean, obviously, there's like to Matt Parkinson, Amar Verdi. Um, I mean, some outside calls. I don't know. You know, you, anyone else? Liam Dawson, Adil Rashid, beg him to come back and play some more test cricket. Yeah, I thought um, Dawson might might get a shout. Yeah. If just batting best. as well, wasn't it? It's a it's a best similar to best, isn't it? Really? Yeah, he he is, and I think he's probably a more controlled spinner because he's he's got more years under his belt about learning <clears throat> the art of bowling spin. Mm-hmm. He might have been a shout. I th- I think if England had their way and they could pick the spinner they wanted, it'll be mm-hmm. Adil Rashid would have spent the summer playing red ball cricket because mm-hmm. we've seen that it's really hard for him to come in from white ball to red ball. But effectively, he's one of the best spinners in world cricket and he doesn't play red ball cricket. It doesn't mean he can't play red ball cricket. He just needs to play red ball cricket if he ever wants to play test cricket again. And he'd be the one because he can bat down the order. He does give you, he's he's not a seven or an eight, but he's a really good number nine, might average 15, get the odd 50 here and there. Um, But his bowling, when he's come in to play red ball cricket, just hasn't quite been good enough. No, Matt Parkinson? I think he falls into the Jack Leach category for me. He doesn't yeah, he doesn't do enough of the other things to to get it in. And I think what uh, Parkinson's got to do, one, he's got to be able to hold a bat a bit better or become a better fielder. But he, he's he's got to become the best spinner in the country that becomes yeah. indispensable to a team. And he I think he's going through the right steps for the England setup. He'll play white ball cricket, he'll play um one day international cricket, and eventually he will get mm-hmm. a call up. And he's, he's good enough. He's the best leg spinner mm. I've seen in the country since the deal. Rashid kind of shot onto it. Mm. Um, but before then, there was a huge gap. Ian Salisbury going for none for 100 <laughs> odd against Australia. So it's pretty barren. Yeah, let's not talk about that. I mean, Amar Verdi is another one of those. He's again in the Jack Leach class, isn't he? And like you said about Matt Parkinson as well, he has to become the best spinner in the country to get, yeah. get in a game by far. Not just the best spinner, but by far. 
because Verdi's another one. He's going to be number eleven. I mean, Parkinson probably could be a ten. We're splitting hairs here, yeah. but you know, he could he could be a Malali versus the Devon Malcolm eleven, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's an interesting one that they didn't go for one of those younger spinners. You know, Mason Crane. We've seen him tour when he hardly played any cricket at all before he got on the uh, the Test tour uh, of Australia one year. So. That's the batters. We've seen it. Obviously, wicket keepers. We're going to have Johnny Bairstow backing up Butler. Bairstow obviously also will will back up the, a batsman because they like him in any of those positions. And they, I could see Bairstow in any position from from one down to six yeah. um, as a batsman, and then obviously seven if that's where the wicket keeper was sat. Um, so he's there as well. Now with the bowlers, obviously we've got Jimmy, Jimmy Anderson. Absolute. You know we can't say enough about Jimmy Anderson. He is a legend. He's going to be seen as one of the best in England, best in the world ever. Uh, to do what he's done. Um, Stuart Broad, great to see him back. We've also got Ollie Robinson, which is great to see someone with a bit of height. Uh, Overton gets in there. And then Mark Wood is your quick man. Obviously, we've mentioned Wokes as well. Um, don't think I've missed anyone else out there. So from that attack, how does that how does that make you feel, Rob? Ooh, I, I Again, I actually think it's quite... How does it make you feel? What a deep question. Um, <laughs> I, I think... I think it's the the best that we've got. And I think we've yeah. got some like-for-like like rotation and replacements. Mark Wood, England will want to play all five test matches if possible. He's we're without Joffre Archer. That is key to this setup because when our bowling attack was really humming, we had that 90-mile-an-hour pace, man. Yeah. Ollie Stone's gone. And we've got Mark Wood, who hopefully can stay fit. He did have some old uh, injury concerns with his shoulder during the back end of the summer. So he's got to play because you need someone that isn't bowling 80, 82 mile an hour in Australia. We've seen England teams go over there before with just one static pace. And mm. it, it's not enough. You need someone to move the dial. So Wood's got to play. Wokes mm. has got to play. Wokes is an absolutely exceptional cricketer. He averages 20 odd with the bat. He's superb with the ball. Since the last Ashes series, he's picked up 31 wickets at an average of 21. He's played cricket in Australia Sure, it didn't go great. He got 10 wickets at 49, but he's got experience of playing over there and he's a better cricketer than he was in 2017 when he toured. So those two have got to play. And Ollie Robinson, for only five test matches, that's the thing I find hard to mm. get my head around with Ollie Robinson. He's only played five test matches, is the one I feel as England cricket fans, we look at and we go, he could do some damage in Australia. He's a bowler built for Australian conditions. He's got the Tremlett and Finn height. That's yeah. the, the big boys. England always used to like taking the big boys over there. Boy, mate. I was knew you was going to say that. I knew you was going to get him in there. Oh, dark days. Um, yeah, um, so it's good that we've got that height, isn't it? We haven't got the left arm. Obviously, Sam Corrin would have liked to have added this, and I'm sure he would have helped add to that balance. Whether he was a right man to play in test matches, I don't know. That's That's a... Forget, you know, that's him. But I think the squad needed his balance, the left arm, but also the, the ability with the bat. Um, Overton, I don't think, will play much um, unless conditions, etc. Demand Wood, everything's on Wood now. If Wood, if Wood can't stay fit, it's going to be huge. Like you said, Stones and Archer's gone. When they were building up to the Ashes a year or two ago, they were identifying how we're going to win this. We're going to win this by having a barrage of pace, man. 90-mile-an-hour bowlers. Mark Wood, Joffre Archer, Ollie Stones were three. Maybe somebody else would have you know, arrived in their thinking, but that's the three that would have been. Archer, I'm gen you know, just gutted. We, we kind of forget about Archer a little bit because he's, he's missed most of the last summer, didn't he? Mm. He is just an incredible player. We are going to miss him so much. It's just, it's like Mitchell Stark missing out, you know, 
for the for the Aussies, isn't it? So or any of their bowlers, to be fair, <laughs> they've got some crackers. Um, so it's all on wood, isn't it? Robinson, like you said, I think because he's got that extra height as well, I think we're going to see him play as many tests as his body can take. And then I, I said to you just before, I think I think Broad is not going to be playing five test matches. Yeah. We love Stuart Broad. I think he's exceptional. <clears throat> Obviously, everyone else, well, most people would as well. But I'm not quite sure how we get that balance of the team right with having Wood in there as well as Robinson and Anderson. Yeah, and Wokes obviously. So somebody's got to miss out somewhere down the line. So it is eventually going to be Broad. Maybe Jimmy misses one. Maybe Wood misses one. Um, but uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they shake that out. Um, again, emissions as well. Saki Mahmood obviously is going to be over there playing some big bash. Yeah. Bryden Cast was someone at Durham. He's not played a hell of a lot of cricket, but he's a big guy. He's he's a big strapping fella. You know, he hits the deck. He's somebody that I think could have been. It wouldn't have surprised me if it had been tagged on the end of this squad. Yeah. Um, anybody else that you're a little bit surprised and also, you know, or any other thoughts on the uh, the bowling attack as it's set up? Oh, it's, I, I think it kind of falls with the batting. There's no surprises in the, the set of bowlers that's been picked. I, th- yeah. I think for me is if it would be a completely different bowling lineup if you didn't have injuries and omissions. So England effectively over the course of the last couple of years have had to piece together a second string bowling lineup that mm. has done exceptionally well. Sure, the batting doesn't work, but the bowling is what has saved England. We're going without Ollie Stone, who's got 10 wickets at 19 in his test career. We're going without Ben Stokes, 68 wickets over the last four years at 27. Joffrey Archer, 42 wickets at 31. But the thing about Joff is three five wicket hauls in 13 test matches. Game changer wins moments, wins test matches. That's mm. that's a bigger mission. Adil Rashid, this is just four years, but Adil Rashid mm. played nine test matches, 22 wickets. He's not there. Moeen Ali, 67 wickets. He's not there. Mm. Sam Curran, 47 wickets from 24 test matches in the last four years. They're massive cogs of this England unit over the last four years that aren't there. And I feel Australian conditions. They've probably got this about right. The only th- I'd like them to tour with more than 17, I think, is how I feel because yeah, I worry yeah. about Jimmy's burnout. I worry about Wood's injuries. And you've only got Broad and Overton that can come in. I'd like to see a George Garton maybe over there yeah. in a in a 19-man squad. And I'd probably like mm. to see a little bit of extra batting cover as well. Yeah. So we've got, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? And, and this is why, you know, when we first, I think both of us had similar reactions. When we both first saw this squad, we just kind of went, what the... This is just, what are we doing in England? This is not strong enough, nowhere near. But obviously with the Lions touring at the same time and being out there, yeah, it changes it. It takes the wind out of your sails. You can't quite just lay into Chris Silverwood and yeah. whoever else chose this squad because the, the other shoe hasn't dropped yet. We don't know what that squad's going to be. We do know that Saki Mahmood and George Garton are both going to be playing in the Big Bash, which runs from the 5th of December all the way through to the 28th of January. So that's basically three days before the test, first test in Brisbane starts all the way through. Uh, till after the final test, which in Perth, at the moment, we should say with those locations, all big time subjects change. So there are two bowlers there, Tom Curran as well, but no respect Tom Curran. I don't want to see Tom Curran near a test team. Um, just while we're talking about Big Bash as well, Sam Billings is going to be in there as well. Ben Duckett of Knots, Harry Brook, the young Yorkshire batsman, Alex Hales. You never know. Owen Morgan's not involved in this test side. <laughs> uh, James Vince. And I, I can't remember if Liam Livingston's over there. I'm he should be. I'm not sure. Like, he played. He played Perth. I think it was last year, and he was exceptional. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if, 
if he's I can't not, imagine he's him not being the lines. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's, so, he's so, so straight away with that setup, apart from probably Ben Duckett and Hales and Curran, that's a solid group of players that are backup. So, so with the ball, you you could argue that there's already Garton and Mahmood um, alongside for the for the ride. Um, but it really will be great to see, you know, when the, when the squad gets announced next week, who else is is coming along, uh, which quicks. It wouldn't be surprised me if there's some more senior experienced players, you know, someone like a Lewis Gregory, for example, who they might think can play a bit of a role in that middle order um, as well. But uh, but yeah, until that squad is announced, we can't properly put, you know, go studs up and two-footed on this selection of this squad. It is safe. It is pretty predictable. It is pretty boring. But like you said, it's it's probably as good as we can hope for at the moment yeah. with what we've seen. Anybody else is an unknown. We don't know whether they can play. You know, Tom Haynes, the Sussex opener, led the county uh, county championship this year in runs scored over a thousand runs. We don't know if he's, he's he's got the ability to to play at the top of the order in Test match cricket yet. Yeah. We hope he has. Rob Yates of Warwickshire. You know, James Vince, we've seen him before, but he's not quite done it. So, so you know, there's, I don't think there's anybody that, that has to, had to have been in this squad above anybody that was in it. Yeah. Uh, but there's certainly a number of names we would have liked to have seen um, tagged on to the end of it. But it's, yeah, is, sorry, is this the most important line squad that's ever been named? Like, yeah, I've probably. never felt it be <laughs> so close to the test unit. Like, they could be playing somewhere yeah. else in the world normally. But this is effectively, yeah. if there's a COVID outbreak, mate, you're getting called up to the Ashes team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't be a better opportunity, could it? You know, over, over winters, you might be a little bit disappointed that you've been called up to the Lions rather than the full team. But this is this is basically an extension, isn't it? If you come in and, and during those warm-up, they're going to be mixing a bit of an intra-squad games. If you go and compete and you go and show what you can do and score runs against these England bowlers or take wickets against these England batsmen, you could you know, tag on to the squad. They, I'm sure there'll be some flexibility in this about getting them in. Um, we shall see. I mean, that's all we can say at the moment, isn't it? I, I'm really, really intrigued at what the squad will be because it, it has to have those names we've mentioned. It has to have maybe a Tom Abel or somebody like Jake Libby, Ben Folks. You know, yeah. they, there's got to be that mix of experience because what if a COVID outbreak kicks off in this squad? It's not just about a young player coming through and putting some pressure on and, you know, bringing them along for the ride. It's also what if what happens if key players go down? What if Joe Root, you know, gets COVID or whatever? Yeah, we need someone with some experience in that middle order. We can't just drop in a Dan Lawrence or a Zach Crawley alongside yeah. all these younger players. So, yeah, it is. It, it's never been as important. I'm absolutely certain of that, Rob. Um, if if you could change one thing, then because we've got the Lions and you've got the guys in the big bash, so the guys are really supported. If you could change one name in this 17, um, who's not who's available, not injured or unavailable, who, who would you take? Ooh, that's a really good question. That is a really good question. I don't think I would have changed. I mean, Crawley is probably the, the biggest one, actually. I was about to say I probably wouldn't change the 17. I'd probably just want to make it a bigger squad, um, maybe an 18-man squad. I understand why they picked Bess. I'm not convinced by him yet, but I'm to be convinced. Yeah. Um, so I can see why he's in the squad. Uh, I think Zach Crawley is probably lucky to be in this squad. Yeah. Uh, I think they really, really like him. He got a full central contract as well, not an incremental one. Um, after being dropped, he got a full contract. So that's, that's quite yeah. telling. Uh, I w- I probably would have liked to have seen an opener in this squad instead of Zach Crawley. So maybe a Tom Haynes yeah. um, from Sussex is probably the one I would like to have seen put in there. Yeah. As an addition, I think Saki Mahmood can count himself very unlucky not to be included here. Yeah. Um, and it's not just a straightforward game as well of uh, going from big bash white ball T20 to moving into play test test cricket. So that's just something to bear in mind as well. 
Yeah, um, I, I thought that was important that. about what Moeen uh, Ali said when he left Test cricket. He's like, mm. I just can't do it. The concentration, the technique, the mm. difficulty of going from white ball, 20 overs to five-day cricket. He just, he struggled mentally with it. Um, and that's Moeen Ali of 60-odd Test matches um, with heaps of experience. So it's, it, it isn't incredibly difficult to do. The Aussies all come in really undercooked to this as well, like incredibly mm. under, undercooked. The yeah. Sheffield Shield is underway, and it's a really good Sheffield Shield going on at the moment. But they haven't, they've played nine Test matches since the last um, Ashes tour. England have played yeah. 24. Yeah, was it four since COVID hit, isn't it? In, in yep. During this time, and this is why it was such nonsense from Payne talking, you know, dictating to this England guy, you know, a bunch of England guys of, of what they should and shouldn't be doing and what they, they should expect. He's not played cricket. He's not even left the country, has he? I don't know if he's played any any other stuff anywhere else, but he's hardly left his house by the sound of it. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, nonsense. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and carry on. I'm getting obsessed with Tim Payne at the minute. I've got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that's good. So, Ashes, Ashes will kick off. The, the guys will come from... Um, come from the T20 World Cup, join the rest of the team, get stuck yep. in, have some good warm-up games. And I'll be really interested to see that. There's a lot riding on those warm-up games. Um, yes. I, I, re- I really do think there is. I think the bowlers need a, a good run out in Australian conditions and hopefully they get yep. wickets to suit. And mm-hmm. the batsmen need some time at the crease to get used to playing in Australia. A lot of them do have Ashes experience, but Ollie Pope, Hasib Hamid, not played Ashes cricket. That's going to be... Um, that's going to be really challenging for yeah. them. But I am optimistic about Hamid's ability to play off the back foot in in Oz. Are you going to say the same thing? Yeah, oh, yeah just, I was just about to jump in. I was thinking, I just want to just, as we were talking about that and those conditions, he's the, he's the guy that came into my head. He's not a big driver of the ball. I think that's the one thing that worries me a little bit about Oli Pope. I think Oli Pope is an exceptional talent, mm. but he likes to get forward, doesn't he? He likes to try and caress yeah. those balls to the covers. That bouncing ball, you know, if it is doing a little bit and it's, we're getting some bounce, he, he could be in trouble. You know, he's hitting third, fourth slip, gully, etc. I hope that's not the case. But Hamid, he likes to wait, play the ball late, and he likes to play square of the wicket, especially on the offside. I think I think he's going to take to these conditions well. He's got a great temperament. He's going to really rattle some Aussie bowlers. They're going to be calling him every name under the sun. Um, as long as he can kind of not get in his own head, because he has he has got bogged down a bit with England, hasn't he? Yeah. When he's made his half centuries, he's played well quite fluently, and then the next morning he's got himself bogged down a little bit. Yeah. Um, so as long as he can just stay out of his own head and then just keep going and keep playing and get out of that little funk, then he, he'll be away. But um, yeah, yeah all, first test is huge. As simple as that. Obviously, the warm up's going to be so important, but the first test is huge. If one or two players can, can hit the ground running, score some runs, take a few wickets that look like they belong. We're going to be away, aren't we? Now, do we know where the Ashes is actually going to be played? Where the games are going to we be? Ha- we have them as they are at the moment, but I've got absolutely no clue if it stays like this. So as it stands at the moment, the 8th, 8th of December, the first test is going to start at Brisbane. It's quite weird, actually. Everything's moved a bit here. It's usually like the last week in November that it usually kicks off. And Perth are usually the second, uh, third test, sorry. But we've rejigged the tradition here. So Brisbane's the first test, 8th of December. We then move over to Adelaide for a day-nighter. Boxing Day, obviously, Melbourne. Uh, And then we've got the New Year test match in Sydney, but that doesn't start until the 5th of January, which is a little bit late. It's usually around the 3rd. Uh, And then Perth over at the the New Wacker, or whatever it Mm -hmm. might be called, is on the 14th of January, ends on the 18th. So the big question marks here are Queensland and Western Australia. Western Australia is a bit of a a country on its own at the moment, isn't it? Uh, So it's going to be... 
difficult one there at the moment. So Brisbane, we hope everything's going to be all right because um, basically talking to family members, obviously, that's one of the key kind of reasons that, that we got this tour on, wasn't it? The family members get out there. Yeah. Um, so the players, et cetera, that are coming out from the outset, including family, they're going to be uh, quarantining a resort up in Queensland's Gold Coast. So they're going to be in state, yeah. uh, not far away from Brisbane. So that's going to work pretty well, isn't it? Um, and, and also it's going to allow, the Australian government's allowed them in that uh, for training, stuck in the room for 14 days. So that's pretty good. They're going to be on campus by the sound of it, but yeah. hopefully you know, they're going to be in a decent sized resort uh, where they can go out and get and do stuff, a bit of golf, maybe a bit of this, that, or the other. I think Perth are really, really eager to put on that test match as well. Yeah. The Western Australian government have really, really, really want it to happen. Um, again, like Queensland, I think they want to put on stuff for them, but it all depends on what sort of quarantine they have to do. Yeah. The Sydney test finishes on the 9th of January. They start in Perth on the 14th. There is no time for anything. So they need to come to a solution of that. Otherwise, I don't think Perth will have that test and it'll end up being back in Sydney. Perhaps they might play two in a row, or it could even, they could move it down to Tasmania or somewhere else. Who knows? Um, but with the fifth and final test, it'd be a real shame if it was moved away from one of the big <coughs> five venues. Yeah. Yeah, it would, it would, mate. I, I can't wait for it to start. 8th of yeah. December, <clears throat> going all the way through to the 18th of January. It is going to be brilliant. Can't wait for yeah. the Australian team as well. I'm, I'm doing a bit of research in the background on the Aussies at the moment and the, and the team. So as soon as that's announced, we'll, we'll bring that to you and we'll break that down. Um, lasting thoughts, Rich? Excited? Optimistic? I'm really excited. And there is, after the Melbourne test, I just wonder whether or not there might be, I think it's after that point, there's going to be a little second quarantine hub. I think it's depending on, on when people arrive. I just wonder if Ben Stokes might, depending on how he's doing, I wonder if that's where we might see Ben Stokes just arrive, perhaps. That's something I'm kind of looking, just looking yeah. towards and just getting a little bit excited about if he can do that. Um, wouldn't that be great for him to come into the last couple of test matches and just turn things? It would, mate. It with would. his cape on. So, so yeah, always excited about this, mate. Absolutely always excited about this. And, uh, yeah, can't wait for it. I'm just so pleased to see it's on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. Let us know in the comments below what you think about this England Ashes team. Is it good? Is it bad? Is there anyone with a missed from, from the lineup? Subscribe <laughs> if you are brand new around here, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time.